always find your mercy here, your loving kindness, your great, great love and your tender mercy. That's all we ever find here, Lord. We don't find judgment. We don't find condemnation or punishment, Lord. We find your great mercy and your great love. And we really just need to build our faith for that, tap, tap into it more and enjoy you more. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So it's time to enjoy the Lord. Amen. And time to enjoy the Lord. <clears throat> amen. You got to enjoy the giver before you can enjoy the gift. That's that's the way I think about it. Amen. Uh, you can you can love somebody for what they have and 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 then find out you don't really care much for them if you get it out of order. If you focus too much on the things, on the gifts and not enough on the giver. Amen. And I think God is always drawing us to him as the author of everything, as the giver of all things, as the lover of our souls, showing us how much we need him and how much we need his love. So we're going to talk about his enormous love and the power it has to heal us. We really are healed by his love. Amen. Now we know the word is medicine, but he is the word. The word is him. And once we, I think, tap into who God really is, what he's done for us, how he's proven himself to us, and stay focused on him. Not so much on what we need, because focusing on getting a prayer answer can either drive you to or drive you away from him. I've seen it work both ways. People get so caught up in, I got to have this and I got to have that. And then they get in condemnation because they don't have it. And, you know, just a lot of nonsense stuff where people don't really focus on who it is who gave them life, who's giving them, how he cares about them, how he's proven that so many times over and over and over again. And and focus in on that individual and and you'll find out how big he is. If you can can rest in the, the the enormity of God, how huge he is in every situation, how he engulfs everything, how he absorbs everything that's not like him until he's the only one left standing. Amen? And 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 then we can rest in that. Boy, is that something to rest in. You know, you, you just look at bigness of your God, how he's provided for everything, known and unknown. There are things we need we have no clue, and he's provided for them. We already have them, because we can think about, you know, you try to worry about some stuff. Anybody been there? You used to be a worry wart on everything, and now you can't even work up worry about, and it's not that you don't care, but you believe the word. Jesus said, your worry don't add an inch to your height. Amen? <laughs> not going to do nothing for you. Is it going to make you grow? No, it's not. Amen? But then your lack of concern isn't good either. So you got to learn how to bring those things to the Lord and, and deal with Him. Let His His bigness absorb your problem. Let it just engulf your problem. What you think is your problem. Amen. And you'll find a little bitty something 
there that's been swallowed up by your great big God. It doesn't even exist anymore as an issue because God's, his enormous love has absorbed the whole thing. Amen. So, so when Paul talked about, he said, what can separate us from the love of God? What's big enough to hide God from you? Huh? <laughs> None of this stuff. Amen. Let me find that. I didn't even have that written down. I'm just, I'm just going to go on, go on with the flow. Let me see. Where is that? Could separate us. Is that in Romans? It sounds like a Roman. Oh. Okay. He says in 31, what, what shall we say then to all these things? All this stuff I talked about. You know, the fact that, that, you know, you, you, you want to do well, you don't do right, you can't do right on your own and, and up and down and round and round and think somebody's your problem, you find out they ain't your problem, you your problem again, like you always been your own problem. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, okay. So Paul said, you can go round and round and round, then you come right back to the love of God. That's the, that's the common denominator here. See, when you add up all these issues, problems, what you don't have, what you wish you had, what you're waiting on, what you ain't waiting on, what you quit waiting on a long time ago, but you start waiting on it again. Those things. So what can we say to all these things? If God be for us, cause he's so enormous, his love is so great and so big, what against us really matters? It's not saying that nobody's against you. People are you against some people too. So it's you know, let's call it fair. <laughs> Amen. He said, But if he is for us, what can stand against us? When he stands with us, who can stand in front of him? That's really what this is about. He that spared not his own son. But delivered us up for him, for us all. That makes him the biggest, the best, the greatest. Amen. How shall we, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? God's the one who justifies us. Amen. In other words, don't talk to me. Go see my lawyer. Amen. Don't accuse me of anything. Amen. God justified me. I'm not standing here trying to defend myself. I've done nothing to my own credit. But God, with the blood of his son, justifies us. Amen. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. (laughs) Who is at the right hand of God the Father. Who also makes intercession for us. So I'm not standing here based on my own prayer. He's praying for me. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, the sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. So my life isn't my own. I'm here on God's time. Amen. 
I'm here on his purpose. But he says, no, in all these things, every single one of them, I don't care what it is. Somebody trying to kill you, some attempted murder, somebody killed you, and God raised you from the dead. Won't stop him from loving you. You will always be able to experience his love. And all these things were more than conquerors. Amen? What's more than a conqueror? I mean, once you didn't overcome something, huh? Well, you know, some people say things like, well, I'm a cancer survivor. No, I'm an overcomer. You don't survive with God. You overcome. Because that thing was sent to kill you. And God helped you. And if it didn't kill you, you overcame that. You're not surviving. Amen. Like you're uh, clinging to a life raft or something. Still in peril or still in danger. Like it can come back again. You're more than a conqueror. You've conquered that thing even more so. Amen. Because you now you have an immunity. Amen. It can't get you again. We don't face affliction a second time. Amen. Once it's done, it's perfecting work in us. We move on. Amen. So he says, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. With his enormous love. See, that's why you're more than a conqueror. You came through on his love. You came through on his power. You came through nothing missing, nothing broken. You don't smell like smoke. Your clothes ain't been on fire. Amen. You've come through everything. I would always say like, uh, uh, I was telling somebody about the, is, was it Dynasty with Alexis Carrington? Uh, yeah. You come through like Alexis Carrington. They had my girl in the hospital one time. Hey! She was sitting up there with her frou-frou bed jacket on and a champagne flute. Oh, I was telling Rebecca, cause we had some, we're, we're unpacking my stuff from my house. I had a couple of matching champagne flutes. I told her, I said, that's all I got left of the wine glasses. I don't drink wine no more. <laughs> but anyway, I was telling her, I said, girl, them things remind me of Alexis Carrington. And I said, I said, you know about Dynasty? She said, they got reruns. I said, oh, girl, ain't, ain't nothing like the original. Nothing like the originals. That whole thing turned around when she came on the scene. Amen. What's her name? Little Crystal with them little bangs and her little, little, you know, her little best cuts. Is that the, still the name of the place? Her $5 haircut? No, 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 no. Alexis came. She had a suit. Two-piece suit. It wasn't a short skirt either. It was, you know, with the, what did they have? Like the fitted waist back in the day and had the hat that matched and shades that matched everything. Oh no, honey. No, no, no. We come in like Alexis. <laughs> you add that to the situation. <laughs> it's so funny though. I forgot what I was talking about now. Amen. Yeah, she's more than a conqueror. Amen. Yeah, she came and upset the whole scene. Everything turned in her favor from the day she showed up. And she was there to mess up. Amen. She wasn't there doing nothing good. 
Think about how much more we can have when we're there in his righteousness. Amen. We upset the whole scene. So don't ever think of yourself as running from the devil or scared of the devil or he going to get the better of you. Amen. He's scared of you. You come in there all decked out in your two and three pieces with your hat and your shades on. It upsets the whole thing that he had in mind for the situation. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And the broker she was, the better she looked. She never let nobody know how broke she was. She was always suing old Blake for something. Amen. But she came to collect and look good collecting. That's what we need to do. We're supposed to look good conquering. Amen. That's right. So he says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us because of this great love. See, he, you ride in on his power. You ride in on his word. He, he provides everything. That's love. Love is full provision of everything. Amen. And we all want it. We all want it. We always say, well, I can pay, I, I pay my, I can't, no. I'm, I'm resting in his love. It's up to him to take care of me and how he wants to take care of me. Amen. So, so this is what we have to understand how enormous his love is. How great it is toward us. How he will never, ever fail us. Amen. So, and it says he is persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Amen. Things that people who don't know anything about the spiritual aspect of things or spiritual warfare always. Principalities, that's a principality. and that, Well, take, take authority over it. Quit talking about it. You got anything to conquer it? Go ahead and, and put it down under your feet in its right place. Amen? Nor things present, nor things to come. We don't fear the future. Amen? Because they will try and separate. Fear of the future separates a lot of people from the love of God. It convinces them that things won't get any better. That God's not for them. Ah, you don't know what I did. Yeah, but you don't know what he did. Focus on what he did. What he did is enormous. You think your sin is a big deal to God? He wasn't scared of your sin ever. He died for you while you were, he gave you his best while you were in sin. He came and got you out of it. Oh, he ain't scared of you and your little shenanigans and your little fake disobedience trying to act like you gonna go do this and go. He ain't scared of that. Because he sees you coming back to him. Amen? Nor powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Amen? Amen. I don't care who it is. An angry boss, a mean husband, a mean wife, a hateful kid, whatever. I don't care what it is. It's not going to separate you from his love. Amen? If you fall for that, you fall, but you'll be the, the loser out of the whole deal. You let people keep you mad at them so that you don't stay in the love of God. Think of all the life you can, good life you can be having while you're sitting up angry at somebody for something. You can be living it up, be having a good time. You can be doing this, that, and the other. Amen. 
And you have to live like that, folks. Say, no, I ain't got time to be mad at you. I got too much loving to do. Huh? I know that's right. Jesus loves me. And I love him. Amen? I'm not settling for no substitute either. Amen? I'm staying right fast here in the love of God. You can't separate me from it. Amen? Don't separate yourself from God. Don't fall for that. Amen? John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world. He loved the world so much. That's enormous. He loved us with an everlasting, enormous love. Amen? That whosoever believes in him. Belief is a personal thing. But it's it's public too. You walk out what you believe. People eventually do what's in their hearts to do. You You do what you believe. And you might have days where the enemy bombards your soul with negative words and negative expectations and fears and doubts and all of that. But at the end of the day, what do you really believe? Do you believe all that stuff he's been telling you about you, about people, about this or about that? Or do you believe God's word? You believe it'll be just like the apostles say. We believe it'll, uh, Paul said, I believe it'll be just like he said. Amen. Why? Because of his great love for me. Nothing can separate me from that. See, it's not about your good or bad behavior. It's not about your, your anything. But if you focus more on what he's done for you and how he's proven his enormous love to you, you can weather anything. Amen. You can make it through anything. Amen. My husband used to say, you know, sometimes men, they funny, they, they want to compliment you, but they let it slip. See, I found out God makes them slip sometimes and tells you, he said, you know, I think about getting home and getting to my comfortable place here and yada, 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 yada. I said, really? He said, yeah, I really do. I really enjoy my life. I said, well, that's good, baby. That's wonderful. What you going to give me for it? Huh? But, you know, that's their way of complimenting you, you know, complimenting you without being direct about it. They don't want to be, you know, ooey gooey and cheesy. Uh, but, you know, we we know how to read between the lines. Women are smart. <laughs> God made us laugh because we had to have all the stuff they didn't have. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's what helpers do. They help you. I'm going to help you out, brother. Got to help you out. But he loved us so much. Loved the world, not the church. Got me? Woo! And now that we're the church, ow! How much more? Woo! He looks at us, he sees himself. Now that we're blood bought. We're his image. Amen. Getting brighter and brighter every day. More and more like him every day. Clearer and clearer every day. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
the enormity of his love knows no bounds. Amen. There's, there's no restriction on it. It's perfect and complete. Period. So that you're not waiting for anything. God is not going to love you more tomorrow than he did the first day he met you or you met him. He's not going to love you any less. He loves you the same. He's waiting for you to figure that out. See, for the most part, we think we're waiting on something to happen to put us more in his favor, more in his liking, more in, you know, my faith has got to get bigger. Uh, this has got to get stronger. I need more of this. No, you just need to realize what you have now. And appreciate what you have now. And understand the completeness that you have in him now. Amen. And, and just focus on that. God, you love me so much. I made so many mistakes. Sometimes you'll think about when, before you got saved, how crazy you were. And after you got saved, you're still crazy. Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. And God just looks at us and look at, I love her anyway. You got me? I love her anyway. <laughs> Amen. And we think we, oh, God gives me favor. I wouldn't brag on it. Cause it ain't yours. That little dough can slam in your face any time. Don't take it for granted. Huh? <laughs> yep. So, he loves us so much he gave. This is what we need to know about love. It is sacrificial giving. It always is. That is the definition of love. It is sacrificial and it is giving. Love wants nothing for itself. Not even a little pity, a little recognition, a little pat on the back, a little... Why? Because love is so complete and so big, it don't need that. See, when you love... God first loved us. He put the love in us. Amen. Uh, the epistle of John tells us that where love came from. It's not that we love him, but he loved us first. So he put his deposit of his love inside of us for us to live out of and only live out of his love. Not your own strength. I mean, I know you, I know, oh, I know you got all the, you know, your little, Degrees and your understandings and your this and your that and, you know, got your little props, education, you know, all of that. But Paul said what? Do do. Compared to the excellency. It's not even from the same realm. You understand what I'm saying? So we can just write it off, chalk it up, put it in the crapper. Mm -hmm. He was so appalled, I think, 
at his pride and his arrogance before he met the Lord. After you come into a knowledge of Christ, who is so perfect in all his ways and so loving, so giving, so kind, so sacrificial, all of that, you come into his presence and you want to carry in something that you think, you know, is important and and you think is great from a different realm, from the realm of darkness. That's what this world is. Amen. So you will carry darkness in the light and think darkness is going to hold up. Amen. I mean, as perfect as you want to be, we all want to. Amen. It's nothing wrong with it. But you got to also understand that you're not. That you have to rest in him. You have to rest in what he's imparted to you. And, and endeavor to gain out of that. Amen. Endeavor to grow out of that. Endeavor to, to increase out of that. What he's done for us. Amen. So, so God first loved us. That's why he can command that we love. Cause he's given it to us already. Well, God is just so hard. Look at how big I am. Just, just rest in my bigness. You'll find it's not as hard as you think it is. Amen. You'll find it really is very easy when you rest in him and understand what he's done and how great and enormous it is. His love engulfs everything around us that would overcome and defeat us. His love sucks it up into itself. And absorbs it. So then there's nothing else left but him. He stops sickness. He stops poverty. He stops death. He stops curses. He stops everything. With his presence. But he just wants us to pay attention to him. And not so much to everything else that we think is a problem. Because we're not focused on him. We want to run here, run there, do this, do that, get this to get. And the Bible says, be still. And that's when you know he's God. Well, how long I got to be still? How long I got to? <laughs> he put him on a timer. Wow. Huh? When he's so perfect. See, we got a problem. We're looking for it for perfection. Other than that, we wouldn't call it a problem, right? And here perfection comes in in the presence of God. And we still look at the problem. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at him. Well, you mean to tell me I don't have to pay attention? No, you don't. He's too enormous to miss. Just let him be enormous. Just let him be big. Let him be God. Let him be who he wants to be in these situations. will shock you and blow your mind. We, we started out separated from God. It caused us to enter into the curse. That's in Genesis 3. Sin came in, sickness, hard work, poverty, death, all the stuff that, that we try to get away from. When you, if you don't like working hard, that's God. 
You understand what I'm saying? Is Look at the advancements that people have made because they disliked hard work. Everything that gets us from here to there quicker gets us to talk to somebody or text somebody. That came because people didn't like waiting. They didn't like hard work. They didn't like slowdown. They wanted everything faster, easier, more convenient. And God helps. Amen. In the natural realm. Now, in the realm of the spirit, it happens better, more complete and all of that. But it eventually falls over into the natural realm where we can enjoy it. Amen. So you don't know. Many people's prayers have caused answers to disease, you know, and, and all of those things and medical advancements and, and all of the things in, in machinery and aeronautics and all that kind of stuff. It's been people's prayer and meditation and problem solving, all of that so that the curse can be lifted off of humanity. Amen. So God in his love in the garden sent a message to the man and the woman. That we are separated now, but I'm coming back for you. And I'm coming back in the person of your seed. So protect your seed. Take care of your seed. Amen. Value seed. Because I'm coming back in that same form. Amen. As one of you. So he promises that he's entering into a covenant of love with us. That's our covenant. It's a covenant of love. Love encompasses so much that to spell it out took 66 books of the Bible. That's how big God's love is. That's how enormous it is. It's 66 books of chronicles, promises, prophecies, revelations, all of those things. So, God has had a covenant with man from the beginning. A covenant of life and a covenant of love. Amen. When God breathed into Adam the breath of life, made him a living soul, he gave him dominion over the earth, the the sea, the fowls, everything like that. And so God expected Adam to follow through on taking care of this and subduing it, making it produce for him. What happened in the curse was he lost the power to subdue it for good. So that when man subdues something, he tends to halfway destroy it. Come on now. Look at all these people that, that, I hate to keep picking on the vaccine, but that's something everybody knows about now. If I go too far back in history, I'll forget it and you will too. But, all the boosters and the, and they still getting it. So a vaccine really is to provide you immunity in the vaccine. It's not there. Amen. And so if you don't think man touching stuff can botch it up. See, I'd rather not have Rona to begin with. Just shut her out at the door. Let's keep it moving. Amen. We have so many ways that God loves us through our health. You know, 
You you have immunity with the word. You fight off sickness forever with the word. It won't touch you. You just walk free of it. You just don't believe it'll get you. You know, and, and ordinary people do it. Some of our, our ministers that we look up to have done it. You know, the people who had healing ministries and lived by faith and walked in faith. All of that. William Branham was in a car accident where he succumbed to his injuries later, but his wife was fatally injured in the accident. And he prayed for her and God healed her right there on the spot while he was dying. You don't tell me you can't live free from disease. See, he paid the price to find out how that works. Problem is, most of us too busy running around checking out this, that, and the other pay the price to find out how it works. And it works real simple with the word. See, you just don't put your faith in it. People say, ain't you scared of cancer? I ain't scared of nothing the devil's got. You hear me? Because I refuse to live in fear over it. Because God's love is too enormous for me to sit up and worry about my mother had this and my daddy had that and all that. My daddy lived to be 94 and still wasn't telling the truth about his age. We don't know how old Dip was. Huh? And he wasn't even trying. He was an alcoholic most of those years. If he could have gotten somewhere or gotten somebody to go get him a, uh, what did he call it? No, 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 not that. He, no, no, no. We're not, we're not on the whiskey anymore. He's on, on a tall boy. Them beers. Uh huh. He'd have been having it to the last. You understand what I'm saying? But that, that was God's plan for him. To live long life. And see, we don't know what kind of relationship he had with God. In between them drinks, he might have been praying. And I believe he was. Because he knew the Lord. Huh? So you just don't know. So why should I be afraid of something an ancestor had? How come you can't go nowhere and find out what your ancestor had that made him rich? If you had a rich one. There's always some history. Well, what is your, is, is there any sickness in? No. I don't know nothing about them. I didn't discuss their medical history with them. You didn't know your parents? No, I didn't. Did you know yours? Whatever. I don't know. Just leave me alone about that. Cause it ain't relevant. Now, if I, if I were to tell you who my real family was, you'd be wanting to leave out of here and leave me too, so. Don't mess with me on my ancestry. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We buried all them curses a long time ago. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> so they were separated in the garden, but God promised by shed blood that he would come back for us. And he came back for us. And now that we have him, and his enormous love for us. What are we going to do? Amen. What are you going to do? Every All your prayers have been answered already. All the promises have been kept already.
Amen. Everything that God could do for you has been done already. Amen. So what does God do to prove his love for us? In verse 16, for God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only, one and only begotten son. Amen. Now we're sons of God, but we're made. Amen. We were fashioned in his image. There's only one Jesus. Amen. And he gave him up for the rest of us. Amen. Because he felt it was worth it. That we should not perish, but have everlasting life with him. So we get to enjoy everlasting life with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we, his family increases. Every time we open our mouths and share the gospel, his family increases. Amen. There is a seed sown for somebody else to hear the gospel, to believe it, and to come into the kingdom. And he says, he said, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. The world was already condemned, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, people feel conviction because they didn't know they were condemned. They thought they was happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Until you realize what truth was and you realize what love was. Amen? You, When you start understanding the love of God, the one thing that keeps people, I think, away from God is sin. Uh, an awareness that that sin cannot, they can't stop sinning. And they can't do anything to get rid of what they've already done. And when you come into a knowledge of Christ, you you find out that's already been given to you. That's been dealt with. God's already forgiven you. He's already seen you cleaned. Amen. Dressed. And looking real good to him. Amen. And so once you understand all that he's done for you. It's very hard to resist. It feels like he's against you. But that sin, wall of sin is still separating you. And he wants you to repent of that so that he can move it out of the way. And he can have fellowship with you. He wants us to experience his great love. All the time, every day, 24-7, nonstop. Amen? He wants us to experience that. And so it says... That through the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. That, but he that believes not is condemned already. Amen. So you condemn yourself by not believing. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of life. Amen. Son of God. And this is a condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Says it right there. Because their deeds are dark. So when you have sin on you and you like your life, you're going to feel condemned around those who are holy and righteous and have the light of God in them. Amen. But eventually that light will pierce their darkness. They'll start to ask questions here and there that got a little curious or they get nervous about, am I really going to go to hell? Is that really true? You understand what I'm saying? When they start asking you them, really, is that really if they started you really questions, that's a good sign. Amen. They're, they're understanding now. Light is piercing their darkness and they're recognizing the love of God has come to rescue them. 
Amen. So he loved the world so much he gave. We have to understand that loving is giving. Period. Amen. He gives his son to us. That's all he has. And he gave him for us. A ransom for us. And then he rescued him and raised him back to life because he's got to love his son too. Can't let him get beat up, thrown away, and then cast in hell. He loves him too. So he had to rescue him as an example to us. I will rescue you just like I rescued him. Not gonna live him, not, I don't leave the righteous in the bowels of hell. He's the only one who can go in there as a conqueror. The rest of us would have to stay. But he goes in as a conqueror. Amen. Sinless, guiltless, didn't defend himself. Amen. Nothing like that. Human, but divine. Just like us. Amen. And so love gives. You got to understand that. First Corinthians 13. If you go to verse 4. If, if you, if you have a, an amplified version, that's a good version. Some of the modern ones I really, really like. But that one has a good testimony with it. Um, Brother Hagen was, uh, Kenneth Hagen Sr. gave a testimony about that scripture. And he said, um, he said, you know, over the years, I always, he said, I always told people that if you come to the meetings and you obey what God tells you to do and you learn what you're supposed to do according to the Bible in church, you don't need counseling. And I feel the same way. Counseling is something the world gives. You know, it's, I'm a Christian counselor. Well, good for you. You know, I hope you help people. But I hope you pray for them and refer them to God and the Holy Spirit. You know, people have divorced spouses because they won't go to counseling. You've got a counselor living inside of you. And you got a Bible you can read if you'll obey it. Oh, okay, well. But he said that, that he knew some really, really sincere couples that were struggling in their marriage. He said, and, and they were ministers. He said, and, and I prayed about it and the Lord told me, he said, well, I want you to do this one thing. He said, instead of counseling them, give them this scripture. And so Brother Hagen looked it up in several translations and he said he had peace about sharing them the amplified version of 1 Corinthians 13. We'd all know it, verses 4 through 8. Amen. And so he said that there was not one couple. He said God told them to read that to one another three times a day. And meditate it on it all day long and obey it. And they would come back to Brother Hagen. He said, you know, Brother Hagen, I'm so ashamed of myself. He said, I've been demanding that this woman change. Or she say, I've been demanding that he change. And I looked at that and God says nothing about you got to demand. Love doesn't demand anything from anybody. You got me? You know why? Because when you know the love of God, you're complete. You don't need anything. 
You don't have to have so and so and such and such to be happy with somebody. Get happy with God. It's a main problem. Nobody's happy with God. You know, arguing and striving got you in trouble. That's how you, that's why you got saved. And you're going to still keep that up now that you are saved? How saved did you get? Huh? Sandy Brown gave the testimony. She was arguing with her husband. She said, yeah, I pulled a knife on my husband because he ain't as spiritual as I am. (laughs) Yeah, right. She would, she would preach a lot, you know, for couples, you know, cut the nonsense. Start really living for God. Quit being silly. Amen. And wrecking your life for no reason. But if you look at 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, we know it talks a lot about what love isn't in the, in the King James, but in verse 4 it says, Charity or love suffers long and is kind. That's sacrificial. See, if you're not looking to sacrifice, don't get married. Don't be praying for a spouse. If you're looking for somebody who's going to give to you 24-7, just, you know, stay with God. Get to know Him. He's the only one who's committed to you like that. But when you have his love in you, he expects you to let it be shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Holy Spirit loves everybody. He don't see no big people, little people, wasted people, no kind of people. He sees everybody and he loves them all. So love endures patiently. Endure. That's sacrificial. Puts up with. People like to talk about it like that. I don't like that term. Amen. You putting up with somebody, they putting up with you. Oh, that's a little one-sided there. And and it's kind while it's enduring. Ow! You mean I can't have a look on my... Uh Uh-uh, get that look off your face. Can't drag yourself in and flop on the couch and sigh. Huh? Well, I think it was Camille that died for 10 minutes or so. She went to the couch. She went to the floor. She was on her knees. She got up and she... So you don't get to do Camille every time something's wrong in your life. Amen. <laughs> Suffers long and is kind while suffering. It's not envious. You don't look at everything and want it. Amen. <laughs> True. You 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 just it it dies in you after a while. You exercise the love of God long enough. Amen. It doesn't puff itself up and brag and boast and 
you know, want to be seen, you know, and do your Alexis Carrington entrance everywhere you go. Ain't got two nickels to rub together, but you got them fine clothes still, so you put them on and strut on in there. Doesn't want itself, is not puffed up. Amen. So when you don't envy, you live a life of self-denial. That's sacrificial. See, you gotta trust God to take care of you. That's what love does. It really, because you know He loves you so much, you know you're not lacking anything, you're not missing out on anything, you're not waiting for something to come into your life so you can get happy. Amen? <laughs> know how people, I'd be glad when I get so, I'd be glad. Well, get glad now. Why are you putting off glad? For things. Huh? The devil will clamp onto the, the end of your stuff and threaten to take it from you every other day. If you, He'll make you sad you wanted to be glad. <laughs> Amen? He says, it doesn't behave itself unseemly. Amen? It's not boasting. Not a show-off. And, and, and it doesn't seek its own. It's a self-denial. Love is self-denial, folks. How can you deny yourself? You know God's got you. You know He's taking care of you. You don't have to talk about everything you got and when you get it. You know, you go on Facebook and people got a picture of a car on there with a ribbon on it. And you don't know whose car that is and whose picture that is. It's just a picture. Amen. Got a new house. I want to say, honey, if it ain't paid for, don't go on there and brag. Come on now. Everybody got notes. Everybody got a mortgage. You know, I mean, seriously. Gee. It's not puffed up. It's not full of itself. I got this and I got that. You know. Not easily provoked. Ooh, ouch. Mm, ow, ooh, oh, ooh, ooh. A little chip on your shoulder. You know, every conversation you listen to see if they say something that's maybe pointing at you. Here you go, putting yourself on center stage again. Hmm? Think about it for three days. I wonder if they meant I wonder if they meant so-and-so. I wonder if they... Quit wondering. Just slap yourself. You know, when you get like that, just go around the corner and slap yourself. Say, no, nah, I'm walking in love. I'm believing the best. Yeah, but see, uh-uh. I don't but see nothing. I can't see in darkness. I need light to be able to see. And that right there, I know that's dark. Is not easily provoked. So love withdraws itself from controversy. It withdraws itself from conflict and contention. It just backs away from it. You know, people get involved with all of these dead issues. Issues if they weren't resolved in creation, they were resolved at the cross. Are you male or female? 
Do people hate you because of your color? Or, or do you get discriminated? If that wasn't solved at creation, it has to be solved at the cross. These things are solved already. Why you keep digging them up over and over again? So you're trying to hang a noose around your your descendants now, your children, making them carry the burden that's already been resolved. Now they're going to have to dig their way out of it. And then all these gender things. I mean, once that can of worm gets opened, everything pops out of it. Now people don't know if they're supposed to be. Was I born what I was supposed to be? And crazy parents help them question it. Some poor man is in court now trying to hold on to his son as a boy. In the schools, everybody's against him. You, we haven't seen how crazy the devil can get. And I remember saying that 20, 30 years ago, and I'm almost shocked at what he does now and can get away with and can get an audience and can get followers. But love does not consider a wrong done to it. You mean to tell me all this racism? I don't know nothing about that. All I know is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and I love all humanity, because I'm commanded to. I can't hold hatred in my heart. Martin Luther King said that. He said, I gotta choose love, because hate is too costly. Amen? Costs too much to hate people. And be against people want to jump every time somebody says something. You know, come on now. You got better things to do. It does not consider a wrong done. Ooh. Mm. That takes my whole life away from me. You know, some people live to, to just go sue people because they doing wrong stuff. And talk about how wrong they are. That's self-denial. See, you'll never walk in God's love if you keep falling from them tricks. You keep falling for the same old stuff. You'll never walk successfully in the love of God. You'll be a secret hater. He's too big for that. He's too big to leave us to languish in the mire of the world. Because the same people that tell you all that hatred stuff don't even believe it themselves. I'm going to say it again. They keep you worked up hating people, but they don't even believe it themselves. They go behind closed doors and laugh. It's all about power, folks. And what we can have over one another. I'm thankful. I don't want power over anybody. Just to live for God. Amen. Just to live for God. So love does not consider a wrong done. 
Amen? Does not behave itself unseemly. Is not easily provoked and thinks no evil. You mean to tell me if I see somebody, no, you're not allowed to think about it. Now if they doing stuff, you let God have that. It's not your business. You can't correct anybody. You're barely hanging on to your own salvation and sanity. You can solve all the problems of the world. Huh? It thinks no evil. When you see somebody doing something wrong, you don't think the worst about them because you don't have to. You've got a choice. You can think nothing at all. Amen? It doesn't plot to get even with people. Amen. When they, when they offend you or they do things you think are wrong. Some stuff ain't as wrong as we think it is. Huh? Because we, we like being on a bandwagon. We think it's the biggest thing in the world. Huh? I don't care about that. They lied to me. You lied too. You let me get you squeezed up between a rock and a hard place and see if you won't tell a lie. Some people just squeeze easier than others. Huh? <laughs> I had a neighbor that would say, uh, she, she was, I think she was, was she Kojic or, or apostolic? I forget which one. I'll throw her out that thing and go straight to the altar. So that lets you know how edgy some people know they are. You know what I'm saying? Just don't don't mess with them. She admitted she had some growing to do. Amen. But she working on it. Amen. She was still in church. (laughs) Amen. So so self-withdrawal, not being easily provoked. You don't put yourself in stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't let yourself get involved. Just withdraw yourself. That's what love does. Withdraws itself from from issues. Does not consider a wrong done. That's another form of self-denial. It rejoices when right and truth prevail, not when iniquity prevails. So if somebody goes get even with somebody, you don't consider that something to rejoice about. Amen. But when right and truth prevail, that's when you want to rejoice. Love, the other thing you need to know about love, it it says love bears all things. In other words, it holds up under pressure and still is patient, loving, and kind. Amen. Now you might be fighting your conscience or fighting your mind tooth and nail just to stay sane. But you manage to do it. Amen. Without feeling sorry for yourself. This is just what you have to do. And you you allow the love of God to take you through on these things. Amen. It's just expected. It bears all things. Believes all things. That means it believes the best in all situations and of all people. Even when you know they're wrong. Now you, this is how you know if saints walk in love. Will Smith pretended to slap somebody 
on stage. And all the saints got on there and started giving their take about it. You have to believe the best of all people in all situations. The best thing to do is don't have nothing written on there. Just pretend like it didn't happen. That's the world. I'm in the kingdom. I don't have an opinion about that. Those people do what they do. I have nothing to say. Can we not have anything to say about anything? And they jump on there, want to argue with each other about he shouldn't have said this and they shouldn't have said that. Those peoples are, write this word down, A-C-T-O-R-S. They do that for a profession and they do it for a living. We are people who walk in the light and deal in truth. So what fellowship does light have with darkness? And do you care? Nobody watches that stuff anyway. That's why they have to go on there and do whatever they think they can do to cause it to, (laughs) to keep going. Right. Amen. People, the old time actors used to say things like, um, you can print anything you want about me, just spell my name right. (laughs) Don't misspell my name. Amen. (laughs) So love rejoices when right and truth prevail, not when iniquity prevails. Love never feels fears consequences of loving, caring, and sharing. So you're not concerned. If God tells you to bless somebody with something, you're not concerned if they ever wear it or not. You're not concerned if they appreciate it and say thank you or not. It's more of a test for you than it is for them. Amen? And if God tells you to give them again, what did Jesus say? If somebody slaps you, turn, let them slap you again. Put yourself in a position where they can slap you again. If they take your last coat from you, go and give them that sweater too. Amen? (laughs) Now why would he tell you to do that? I mean, but why? Sure, it's a test, but what are you, what are you going after? There's gotta be a goal at the end of every test. You gotta know if your father has unlimited resources. Cause that's what he's after. He's after that fear of lacking you. You gotta know that God can heal every relationship. If you're in a relationship where people treat you bad and he said get back in there and let them treat you bad again, you gotta know that he can mend that relationship. Hey, that's important. Because most of us never get there. We're so careful about who treats us right, running from people and not speaking to people and halfway speaking to us. Cut that out. You need to know that his love can take care of it over and over and over again. That's why a lot of people still waiting on a husband or a wife. 
You scared of the last person that you fell out with. You need to fall in again with them. You need to prove that to yourself. That God is bigger than your hurts and your wounds. How are you going to pray for the sick? When you scared of being wounded yourself. Huh? You got to be invincible on something. His love is too enormous for us to live in a corner somewhere. Scared if we kind to somebody. Scared if we, you know, well, well, the last time, uh, you know, uh, they didn't pay, they parted the bill when we get up. They might have been a little short. Maybe you should have asked them, hey, I can let you have that. Don't worry about it. Come on in. We, we all together now. God's provided for everybody here. See, love never fears consequences of giving and sharing. You know, and sometimes you can offer to bless people and it'll be refused. So what you going to do, quit blessing people the next time? No, you're going to step out and do it again because you're being tested. God's just testing you to make sure you're going to be consistent with his love. That his love is too enormous to withdraw its hand of blessing because somebody doesn't seem to appreciate appreciate it. Huh? <laughs> the devil will give you plenty of black eyes trying to discourage you. You think he wants you to give something to somebody? Freely? Joyfully? He won't hurt your feelings every time you step out to try and do something kind. He's right there to mess it up for you. If you'll let him. If you pay attention to him. Sometimes parents think, well, if I help, I be, be helping this one out so much, huh? you know. They need to do for themselves where they ain't doing it. And they ain't doing it because you helping them. And you going to keep helping them every time God says help them. <laughs> and you wish you didn't have to help them. But they ain't figured that out yet. That it's more, it's better for them to be able to take care of themselves to be begging all the time. So let them keep begging. They ain't breaking the law. They coming to mom and dad. They ain't snorting it up. Thank God they ain't on drugs and they don't drink. <laughs> And pray for them. If they ain't married, pray for them to marry somebody that don't mind doing what you do. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody with three good jobs. You lazy ting, you. You only got two jobs, man. You get your three jobs, man. You lazy ting, you. Uh-huh. See, God knows how to cure all of this stuff. He's so big and so enormous, he can allow you to go beyond your comfort zone giving and still bless you and still bless the situation. Now, there may come a time when he says, uh-uh, not this time. Amen? Let him start coming to me, and I mean for real now. Amen? 
so it never fears consequences of loving, caring, and sharing. Am I doing too much for this one? Of course you are. Is God doing too much for you? Of course he is. Hmm? But see, his too much really is just enough for most of us. We know we way overdrawn as far as sowing and reaping is concerned. Hmm? Love does not hold back anything for itself and is totally focused on giving. Love is totally focused on giving. Totally focused. Amen. God wants us to be in that place where we love so much because we have received so much. When Jesus, when um, Mary had opened up the alabaster box for Jesus and everybody was complaining and and he put a, a question to, I forget who it was, it might have been Zacchaeus, was it, was it there in his? Oh, okay, all right. But but he did ask, he asked somebody else there. Was that Simon? He said, who of, yeah, who of, who, who loved the most? Amen. The one who's forgiven the most. Sometimes the worst critters that come into the kingdom can be the biggest givers and the most dynamic Christians because they know the depth of their forgiveness equals the depth of their love. See, once you know how much you've been forgiven, once you understand that your sin really was taking you to hell, I mean, really, you know, a lot of times saints get saved and they don't know nothing about hell no more. They don't know nothing. You know what I'm saying? They distance themselves from their testimony. Don't ever do that. You're not that same person, but you do have that testimony. Amen. You can't distance yourself from your testimony. But, but oftentimes once people realize God's great love for them in that forgiveness. And then too, when you, after you come to know the Lord, and you live a life of repentance. You live a life close to him. You live a life where you don't want to offend him. And you realize what that cost him to give that to you. That increases your love. That makes you want to do more for him. Makes you want to give more. Makes you want to endure more. Makes you more patient in tribulation. All of that stuff. It adds to your account. Amen. When you respect forgiveness and you live a forgiven life, you live a life close to God. You live a life where you don't want to offend him, where you want to penetrate darkness, where you want to make him feel good about the fact that he gave that enormous price for you. And you begin to wear his righteousness. And that's all you want to do is live a righteous, holy life for him. See, when you, when you get there, that's when the love of God begins to, to, to get to engulf everything in your life. See? And, and we're all working there. You know, we're working to get there. We, we reach that 
at different points. We get there at different times, but you can stay in that place of appreciation of God and acknowledging his great sacrifice for you. You don't have to move from that place. You don't have to get in the flesh. You don't have to get upset with anybody. You don't have to, you know, have a fit about anything. You can stay in that place of loving God and being engulfed in his enormous love and just enjoying who he is and what he's provided in himself. Not things from the world, material things, but what what's he provided for you in that peace that you have, that joy that you have, even in circumstances that are trying and circumstances that are difficult. You know, I was... I was struggling a little bit I, I, when I was moving. All this COVID this and we don't have people and, you know, it may take, you might be delayed in this and delayed in that. And, and so I had a, a gentleman that had done a lot of work for me on my house over the years. And he said, he told me, he said, if you get some estimates on from movers, he said, I'd like to, to bid, to, to move you. I said, really? I said, you want to do this? And he said, yeah, he said, I, I really would. Well, he he signed up. He got half the stuff, you know, some of the things boxed up for me. There's a crates, you know, with glass tabletops. And don't ask me why I have all this stuff. I just do it, you know. You buy it, and then you think about what it takes to move it later. But he went down the basement. Found, we found all the crates. I was shocked they were all there. He put them all in, and we were all set to move. He called me two days before the move and told me he'd broken his leg. He said, I really hate to even have to tell you this. He said, but there's no way I can do that. So here I am thinking, I said, oh, Lord, now what? So I wound up putting together a crew (laughs) of movers. And I swore the last time I moved, I took help from people. I said, I won't go do it anymore. I said, I'm just going to get somebody to come in and do it. I don't care what it costs, Lord, you know, that kind of stuff. But as it worked out, this worked out, you know. And I thought to myself, I said, now I could be really, really wrung out about this. I said, but I'm choosing not to. (laughs) You got me? You can't have pressure on you and decide you're going to show it too. Something's going to have to go. Okay, so I don't show the pressure. I just, you know, believe God. I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and that's what I'm aiming for. I get to the end of it. Then I find out my dog got injured at the the uh place where they had her and uh, just uh, just one thing after another and I thought to myself I said Lord if I didn't live with you if I didn't have that place to abide in if I didn't have your enormous cushion of love and and grace and mercy and forgiveness and vision and understanding that whatever I've been believing you for is still going to come to pass after all All of these things. You understand what I'm saying? You have to live in that place where you're not moved by what the enemy's doing. Because he sure wants to move you. Amen. He wants to get you upset. He wants to get you discouraged. He wants to have you moping and grumbling and complaining and whining. Amen. He wants to have you on your fainting couch and dying a thousand deaths every other minute. But you've got to stay in that place that he's provided. He has not provided a bed in hell for us to languish in when things go wrong. He's provided the secret place of the Most High where we abide under his shadow and his enormous love. 
that's our place. Amen? So let's keep our place. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for giving us that place where your enormous love abides for us. It's there to help us. It's there to comfort us. It's there to repair us and heal us of all of our wounds. It's there to minister to us in every situation. We love you, Jesus. We are commanded to love you back and others because you gave us your love and that's all we're allowed to do with it is to love you back and to love one another as ourselves. So we thank you, Jesus, that you have a perfect plan for us. Your plan is flawless. It's able to do everything that we need it to do. So we honor you, Lord, and we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen again. So we'll do our declaration. Amen. I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. I don't care what new strain she comes up with. It can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen.